who's been MIA for like two months and finally back and did security in New Orleans, did security in San Francisco, all shit we want to talk about. And for everyone that perhaps somehow doesn't know Dale, Dale was one of the, if not the youngest member ever of Delta Force, OGA Commando, Mercenary, Special Forces, MMA, PhD, Masters, Bachelors, Professional Boxer, Raises Canines, Actor, Author, an all-round total American badass, one might say, which you can get the book on Amazon, which I'll link in the description. He also does personal coaching and follows fucking Instagram. It's hilarious. I love it. And gayest of all, Dale's my friend. But Dale, so San Francisco, you doing security. How insane is it out there? All right. So let me just start. First of all, don't believe the postcards. Uh, it is not what people make it out to do. Um, having, you know, I've said this before, lived in, traveled to, and worked in over 97 countries. I would put in San Francisco as probably one of the worst cities I've ever visited, far none. And so I went out there, you know, almost a month ago. I'm right after doing lanes to do some security type stuff. And uh, I won't name the client or anything like that. But Can, uh, can you, can you, Either come, oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, microphone's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Better now. A little better now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, anyways, I went up there about uh, a month ago to do security for a client. Um, I won't mention the client's name or anything like that, but uh, so I had the opportunity to literally spend um, the entire time I was out there, almost 21, 22 days, something like that, downtown. In the heart of San Francisco, uh, Market Street to be exact. And uh, I got to see firsthand uh, democratic policies and how bad they have failed, not just um, the homeless and the drug addicts and the criminals of San Francisco, but literally the citizens of San Francisco. And I don't know how many times I had actually Democrats and liberals walk up to me and just shake their head going, man. You know, they in themselves were in disbelief. And all I could look at them and do is say was, you know what, you voted for it. Yeah. Um, so, so suck it up, Buttercup. And, uh, you know, the thing is, here, so here's the, here's the big picture. You can't walk more than 10 seconds down the sidewalk in San Francisco without running into a homeless person, a drug addict, literally a crazy person just screaming in the air and talking and just, you know, out of completely out of control. Um you just can't. They're everywhere. There's literally dead bodies on the sidewalk at night. Uh, I know that. I've seen the pictures. I got a friend there. She's a security uh, officer that works the street at night, basically trying to remove homeless people. And she showed me the pictures. And uh, I mean, literally, I've seen what only I can describe as zombies. I mean, skin peeling from people's face. Um, just you know. Uh, the worst of the worst of humanity that you can think of, man. I mean, people just, you know, barefoot, full clothing, you know, almost fully nude. And and nothing was happening. Nobody was helping them. And so and the other problem with that was, so drugs. Drugs are just dangerous. Uh, in fact, it's, I think it's 10th Street, 10th Street through 16th Street is like where everybody goes to get drugs. And so what happens is a lot of these homeless people, they steal. They steal left and right, and then they go down those streets and they, and they exchange the, the, the merchandise for drugs. They get all gooned out, and then they got to come back and do it again. I've literally watched people come into the same stores multiple times in one day and walk out with hands full, I mean, loads of stolen goods. And brazen, and and how does that happen? Well, it happens because the uh, DA, who apparently is just a total turd, um, decided he was not going to prosecute anybody that steals uh, less than nine hundred fifty dollars worth of stuff. So basically, over nine hundred fifty dollars is a felony. Anything below that is a misdemeanor. Only if the client or the um, you know, the person that, that was harmed, the victim, wants to press charges, which nobody does because uh, it costs more money to send a lawyer in to prosecute and do all those things. 
and there's zero return on on that, right? Because you're not going to get the property back. You're, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to put the person in jail because oh, the jail's all full. Um, and so, you know, this whole thing is just. I mean, here's what happened. Marshall's department store went out of business because the the, uh, the crime was so high, the thievery, the theft was so high. Then I'm closing the stores. Um, around the corner from where I was located, Target department store, they just uh, apparently just announced um, that they're getting ready to close. Also, um, they lost exorbitant amount of money every day just to um, get theft. And they actually had two police officers off-duty police officers that were um, um, there, right? So even with the police officers, they, they lost, I'm going to disclose the amount again, but uh, because it's secondhand information, but it was the police and some other people verified it for me. Um, that's happened. Um, there's a very large mole right there. Um, and the word that I got is it's operating in the red and it's probably going to close. Um, 20, I think it was 28 Walgreens stores closed. Just the time that I was there, because the amount of theft and crime, they couldn't sustain it, so they closed the doors. Um, what is it? Uh, Safeway it was in the news recently. They're also cutting back all their hours, operating hours, because of the level of theft and crime in their stores. Um, and the list goes on and on. Car theft was up 750%. While I was there, I remember in the middle of the night, somebody walked down the road and broke into three cars right there. We were in front of the hotel I was at. Stealing other vehicles. Just, I mean, this happens all day long, um, and so you know. So the, the the bottom line is this: you can steal up at nine hundred and fifty dollars worth of stuff before you ever charge with the felony, and you won't get charged. Nobody will stop you. The cops will stop you. In fact, um, the times that I did uh, catch somebody stealing, actually, this one person assaulted a store manager. Uh, she called the police. They were taking um, a report. The person that assaulted her came into another store, stole a bunch of stuff, ran out. I ran out behind her. I told the police that person just shoplifted. The first question they asked me is, do you want to prosecute? And I'm like, well, why not? Of course. So they actually went, in, went hands on and grabbed her. Okay, and then I thought it was all over. Okay, they're going to arrest her. She's going to go to jail. They're going to come back and report, you know, blah, blah, blah. Nope. They didn't do anything. Actually, the only thing they did was apprehend her, wrote her a citation, and released her. The next day, she came back again, and I stood there and watched her, and the old Asian lady, standing on the curb of the road, getting ready to cross the crosswalk. She walked up behind her for no reason whatsoever and punched her in the back of the head. The old lady still hung through the room in front of the car. She turned around and kicked another woman, a white woman, between the legs, right? And then, you know, it just it just was chasing people around, beating them up. Um, I, I mean, I've got a hundred of these stories that I could tell that I watched all this crime going on in front of my face. Um, People are literally stealing, um, and they don't care because they know, one, you can't touch them. Nobody can touch them. Nobody can touch them. Not even the police officer, unless, um, you know, the person is being victimized says, I want to press charges. Like, for example, if you they go in and steal a bunch of stuff in the store, um, and the cop is right there, but before he could ever touch them, he's got to look at the store management and go, uh, do you want me to prosecute them? Are you going to prosecute them? Yes. Do you want me to get the merchandise back, or do you want me to arrest them? Almost 99% of the time, it's just give me the, the merchandise back. And so the, the cop will try to get the merchandise back. If the person doesn't want to give it back, you can't touch them. You can't do anything because the other device now, he doesn't have the authority because the owner <clears throat> that's being robbed is not pressing charges, and now it could fall on the back of the police officer. So they're very risk-averse. They don't want to get involved with this stuff either. Uh, because of, they don't want to be personally liable for anything. They're actually doing their job um, because they know the district attorney, the city council, the mayor, nobody's got their back. Okay. So, you know, they say it's a victimless crime, stealing, for example, all the shoplifting. And I would argue it's not a victimless crime. Every store that goes out of business and, and those employees are either displaced or have to find another job means, you know, they, you know, they are affected. Their families are affected. Um, moreover, guess what? That cost that, you know, for those stolen items gets passed on to who? The customers, right? We pay for it. It's not like it just disappears. Uh, that's how business works, okay? You pass the cost on, all right? Um, and moreover, the other victims are, sadly, these people that are stung on drugs that are homeless. 
that are still, they're actually all victims too because the system is perpetuating this problem. It's, a lot, it's actually condoning it and promoting it. Go ahead, it's okay, you can steal, nothing that happens. And so these people stay addicted to drugs because they can keep, keep stealing, they keep supporting their habit, which keeps, keeps them out on the street, right? All kinds of shit happens to them on the street, right? And so it just it becomes a circle, a cycle. And it's also an industry. Okay, so you have you have contractors come in, go, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give out you know free food, I'm gonna give out blankets, blah blah blah. Guess who subsidizes that? These contractors that are coming in, they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart. Okay, somebody's paying for it. Guess who's paying for it? The taxpayers are paying for that, right? And so these guys are making money. So this is an industry, you know. It only it, it only helps them if if this problem continues on. It's a self licking ice cream. The victims are, you know, again the homeless. The drug addicts, you know, the criminals, you know, yeah, the criminals have made a choice, and I don't feel sorry for them, but usually the criminals, the drug addicts, and the homeless are the same people. It's the same person, right? Usually. Uh, so those are the victims. Those are the real victims, plus the taxpayers. Not only that, while I was there, I had literally, um, you know, foreigners come to me, people from outside the state come to me, people from Florida came to me, and I'm like, what is going on here? And why is not the police or anybody, security, why, why, are, why are you not doing anything? And I'm standing looking at it with my hands, but I go, I am doing something. Because this is all I'm allowed to do. This is all police officers are allowed to do. And uh, they're just shaking their head. I go, yeah, this is, you know, this is courtesy of the government in California, particularly the local government in San Francisco. And by the way, LA is the same way. Okay, so you might as well just say all of California. And um, and that's that's just you know and, and so literally I had flight attendants I had tourists from overseas come in and literally watch people steal left and right watching you know these drug addicts these homeless people you know accosting and, and uh, verbally assaulting and, and intimidating customers and store employees to no end and they're like isn't anybody gonna do anything about it no actually I remember one time there were two guys. Two gay dudes went up into the dressing room after having sex, right? And, and the men were walking out going, dude, there's guys in there having sex. Yeah? So it's who's you know, whose right is that to go in there and tell them to stop making love and being you know, loving each other? You know, it's their mindset. I'm like nobody wanted to do anything about it. Like, whatever. You know, I'm like, you know, come on. That's how bad it is here. Um San Francisco is a dump. Period. It's a dump. I've seen better cities. In third world countries, hands down, hands down, less crime. And guess what? And even in those, in those other cities, even the ones where I live in, if you if you're a criminal and you pull some shit like that, you're stealing out of stores, you're punching people in the head on the street. You're gonna have some people, some civilians out there gonna whoop your ass, man. They're not gonna tolerate it. They're gonna take matters in their hand. They're not gonna go, oh, well, you know, it's uh, that's you know that's their problem. You know, I'm not gonna be involved. Not there. Um, yeah, it, you know, and sadly, this is, uh, to me, this is what could potentially happen to this whole country. Yeah. If we allow these morons to keep, you know, these morons to be in government and make these moronic rules. Um, you know, the, you know, the other, the other thing I heard was, um, because I talked to a lot of security officers, their job is literally to pull the streets at night to help assist moving people, you know, homeless people and, and transients off the streets away from private properties and things like that. And uh, even they are getting pushback from the government basically saying you can't leave, you can't, you can't do anything to them, you can't move them. Because immoral, if a guy wants to sleep on the sidewalk in the rain, that's his choice. And it's an immoral for you to try to move him. And, uh, and then on another side, on the other hand, they have these... Um, these teens are usually retired cops and they walk around, they're ambassadors. Um, they got different ones, right? Like crisis, street crisis teams and, and these different ambassadors, you know, these ambassadors walk around the orange. I guess it's, they're there to kind of answer questions for visitors, you know, how do I get to work for Bishop's War for blah, 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 you know, I'll go that way, I'll do this way. And then they have, you know, the, the strike, uh, the, the crisis strike, um, response team where you can call, like if you have a guy that, like, there was one guy, he was just an alcoholic, totally wiped out, laying on the sidewalk, you know, uh, had 
sleeping on his bag, he gets all his clothes that he just bought, he had money on, he had a cell phone in his hand, he's completely he's unconscious. And, uh, you know, it took him, he made it for about an hour before this team showed up, and they kind of evaluated him, talked to him, and decided that, yeah, he probably should go to the hospital, he's probably got alcohol poisoning, and, and they brought an ambulance in, and they hauled him off. That rarely happens, though, because there's so many of these people, you can't possibly service all these people, you know? And so, um, so you have this team that's also out there, and, well, they're getting paid. They're getting paid to do the same damn thing. They're getting paid to, to deal with a problem that shouldn't even be there to begin with, okay? Yeah, you're going to have some homelessness sometimes, and you have some drug problems, but not at the level they have in San Francisco, where it's actually putting, shutting down large businesses, large businesses. And people actually are fleeing from San Francisco. They're moving out of San Francisco. They don't want to be in San Francisco. Um, right now, I believe the DA is being, uh, they're trying to recall the DA. Hell, they ought to recall everybody in, 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 you know, in the city council, the mayor. Everybody is culpable, not just the DA. Everybody needs to go. It needs to be replaced. Here's the irony. So I'm standing there, and this, uh, this black girl comes in, and she's like, hey, is that your police car out there? I said, no. I said, boom, that police girl is strong. She wants to take a selfie. And I'm like, okay. And, uh, and so we got to talking, and she's like, what is going on here? She goes, I see, you know, you know, cops like in this store, in this, in this particular place we were at the time. And she goes, it's, you know, there's homeless people everywhere and drug addicts everywhere, crazy people on the street, you know, like zombies. She goes, you know, what is going on here? I go, well, you know, that's, this is what, uh, this is the policy of this government, particularly in this city. Um, they don't, you know, this is what you get. And, and these are her words. I'm not making this up. She goes, you know what? She goes, I'm a Democrat from Atlanta. She goes, but I'll be honest with you, if there was a, if there was a Republican uh, uh, government in San Francisco, she goes, you would have these problems. Now I looked at her and go, and why are you still a Democrat? Right? And she thought, you know, well, she didn't think these were really problems like this in Atlanta. And I, I pointed out some rape scenarios and things like that. This is recently were in the news, you know. And she's like, huh? I go, yeah. You know what? Maybe you ought to pay attention to what's going on in your neighborhood because uh, it's not that much better either. Um, San Francisco is definitely the worst. But it was interesting to see even say that. Um, I had people walk up to me and just, there were locals and they're like, you know what? Um, I would love to see more of a police presence. Oh, yeah. So the same problem there, right? Defund the police. 100, over 100 of them just got relieved last week because they wouldn't take the vaccine. So now you need to diminish the police department even more. So you got less law enforcement on the street. Uh, and you have more crime, more drugs, you know, more homelessness. And it's just, it's completely out of control. And when Walgreens came out and said, um, we're closing five more stores because of the level of theft. You know, the mayor turned right around the next day and came out, oh, they're not really closing stores because of theft. They're actually closing stores because, well, they're not making enough money. Does that explain why the other 25 stores before them closed down in San Francisco? That's bullshit. Um, you know, it's not because it, it, even Walgreens came out and said because of the level of theft. They have video of people literally walking out on pools of stuff on a regular basis. So even later, the mayor's lying, right? Everybody's trying to cover their ass. I, I think it's just propaganda. They feel like if they say it enough times, you know, people will believe them. And actually, they're right because that's where we're at today in this country, you know. The left has said the same bullshit over and over, and just like Hitler, they, he said it. If you see it a lot enough times, we will eventually believe it. And usually within 90 days, if you try to show them they were wrong with actual truth, they still won't believe it. They'll just completely, they can't, they have this cognitive dissonance. It just does not register anymore. Uh, it's something with the psyche. And uh, and even here, you know, this is a scenario where me as an, as an outsider walk in, I see what's going on, and... Uh, I would argue that the people that I did meet, the people from San Francisco, they all admitted there was a problem. But they felt like, it is what it is. What am I going to do? You know, I'm like, well, you know, you voted for it. And if you didn't vote, you still voted for it, right? So <laughs> either way, you know, this is on you. And and so ultimately, I look at these the, the people there, you know, these homeless people, these drug addicts, these crazy people, man. Look. They're not even on drugs anymore. They're just crazy from all the fentanyl and all the shit they've been taking. I mean, they're out there yelling. They're pissing off. Dude, guy's pulling out his meter at the and at the intersection of the crosswalk. And he's playing with it. His people talking. Like, it's just, and everybody's just like, whatever. 
just like walk right by, like, no big deal, you know? I mean, what kind of a society is that? Is that the society that, you know, liberals want to raise their kids in? I don't, I hope not, um, because don't bring that shit to my city. Um, that's not what I want my kids to see. I don't want my kids to see uh, homeless people all over the place pissing on themselves, pulling out their pants, literally shitting in their hand and, and throwing shit at people. Um, that is not what I want my children to see. That is not normal. That is not acceptable. That is not moral, okay? Um, and anyway, it's not right. It's not even humane. So, you know, and I asked, I said, where are all the social justice warriors at? Where are you liberals out there, you, you, you know, all you people that feel sorry for everybody, want to help everyone. I'm telling you, you're leaving all these people on the street. Come out here and pick your people up, take them home, clean them up, feed them, take care of them, you know, and do your job. Because that's what you are, right? That's what you complain about. No, they don't want to do that. They want everybody else to do that, right? They want they want taxpayers, other people to do this shit that they're not willing to do themselves, you know? And so all you got to do is go to San Francisco and you can see the, the consequences of those kind of stupid decisions and that it does not work and it's all a bunch of rhetoric that's full of that's bullshit, okay? There's hollow words. And sadly, um, and I'll say it out loud, I don't recommend anybody go to San Francisco. Let that place burn down because it's a shithole and they're hurting people. They're hurting people. They're not hurting people. They're hurting people. Is there anything anyone can do but, you know, it's easy for me to say, right, I have, I have no family, I have no kids. I look at it as just like, it just leave. Obviously, it's a lot harder than that. People that have lived there their whole lives, their families are there, their jobs are there. Is there anything other to do than leave? Or is it just, you know, you said it, I'm a Democrat from Atlanta, but I don't support this. Well, it's, it's, well, it's, well, no, you do, right? It's the German person saying, yeah, you know, I don't support the SS, but, you know, I am, but I am a proud member of the National Socialists. And it's like, well, Listen, I understand you have good intentions, but this is what you believe, right? No one wants to say, hey, maybe this should be cleaned up because they don't want to be screamed at and called a Nazi misogynist white supremacist. And it's, well, no, like, you know, I don't like being hung over and having anxiety attacks, but I'm still going to drink tonight. And it's like, well, they go together. They go together. And everyone's scared shitless of being like, you know, maybe homelessness and, you know, guys fucking each other in front of some toddlers at a sidewalk. Maybe that's not good. Everyone's so scared of just being canceled, of being booted off social media. But eventually, eventually reality breaks through, right? You can tell a lie enough times and people will believe it. That doesn't change reality, right? I mean, Chernobyl is a perfect example. The higher ups told the people below them, told the people below them, told the people, everything's fine. Everything's fine. They all believed it. But the amount of radiation didn't give a fuck. And it's it was there and it's still there. So there are things that like, sure, people could believe the lie, but reality still punches through. Reality is the big <coughs> reality is the river and you're trying to patch it up with a dam and you can do a good job for a while. It's coming through with the force of God eventually. So eventually it's someone just and that's the beauty of like you get to vote privately. Someone can come in and go, hey, I'm going to clean up all this shit and run on this platform. And, you know, it's like it's like what a lot of people believe about, like the 2016 election is like exit polls said Hillary was winning. But a lot of people voted for Trump and just didn't tell a soul they voted for Trump. But they liked what he said. They liked what he stood for and they voted for him. But they just kept it to themselves. Is that all that needs to happen is someone just goes into San Francisco and just runs on X, Y, Z platform. No one has to outwardly be the the terrible Republican Nazi. Oh, my God. Like but they can go vote for them. Is that what's going to happen? Or have they also seized the election process? And now who knows? Maybe this guy wasn't duly voted in. At a certain point, it starts to seem like, are are the votes of the people being honored? Because who actually votes for this? Doesn't it start to kind of well, raise some questions? It, it does, but I, I got to tell you, man, it's almost like, I believe that the people of San Francisco did vote for this. I actually believe that they are so morally depraved, right, that they don't, they have totally given up on, you know, their whole, what's the word I'm looking for? What was, what you and I would think is moral, they somehow think is immoral now. You know, what you and I say is ethical, they think is unethical. For example, 
Leaving a homeless guy to sleep on the street, that's the bold thing to do is let him be free, right? So I'm thinking, okay, no. You leave a homeless guy to sleep on the street, you know how many guys would walk, I saw walking into stores with no shoes on, and what your shoes? Somebody stole them when I was asleep. Oh, and guess what? The stores don't let them in with no shoes on because they don't want them walking in and stepping on a thumbtack or something like that and turning around and shooting the store because that happens all day long, right? Those lawyers out there are just waiting for that one guy to go, hey, I stepped on a thumbtack. Oh, man, lawsuit. And they're going to win, right? So that's part of the problem. So they won't let him come in to buy shoes. These guys don't even have money to buy shoes. I, I saw one guy, he's like, he tried to go in and he asked, you know, they told him, hey, don't go in the store. You can't come in here. You got the shoes on by the bar. He's like, I just need a pair of shoes. He goes, well, you can't come in. He goes, listen, Ken, why don't you run up there and tell me what's the cheapest pair of shoes you have? So the guy was nice enough to do that. He went up to the guy goes, the cheapest pair we have is $15. The guy's like, shit, I don't have $15. So he leaves. Um, later on, I'm walking down the road. And I see him sitting on the side of the street. He's got a little cardboard box. And he's like asking for money to buy a pair of shoes. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. And so I looked at him and I was like, look, dude. I said, come on. I'll buy you a pair of shoes. So I took it with me. I said, what size do you wear? He gave me a size, 10 and a half, 11. I went up and found a couple pairs of shoes. Uh, they weren't 15 bucks. They were like 20 bucks. They're actually pretty nice shoes. And uh, I bought them. And I go, which ones you like? I like those. Okay, problem. I bought him his shoes, gave him his shoes, you know. And uh, <laughs> so he's all happy and he leaves, right? And then a couple hours later, another guy comes comes in and goes, no shoes. And I go, wait a minute. No more shoes again? I said, did this guy just go down and tell everybody, hey, there's a dude down there buying shoes for us. <laughs> well, what happened there, right? And so I don't think it was any association because I saw a lot of people walking around with no shoes on or, you know, one sock and nothing else or Two different types of shoes, you know, just like a slipper and a freaking tennis shoe, you know. Um, <clears throat> but what's happening was like this guy, and I, I, so the guy came back a few days later, I ran into him again. He goes, Hey man, I still got my shoes. He goes, Really, thanks a lot. He goes, They fit well and I'm really happy. And he goes, I'm trying to find a job. I said, Let me give you some advice. You see those shoes? I said, Take those shoes and walk your ass to Florida with them and find a real job. And get the fuck out of this shithole. All right? You ain't find a job here. All right? And, what, and don't even live here. Okay? It'll eat you alive like cancer. I said, Take your shoes and go east, my friend, and get away from these crazy freaking people. All right? Put them shoes to good work. We use it. Put, put some miles on. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. I understand. Okay. Yeah. I said, Yeah. I'll, you know, it's all up to you now what you decide to do. But, uh, you know, they're in as the victims, right? People sleeping on the street, they're getting mugged, they're getting raped, they're getting robbed. They have actually when I say they get robbed, what's happening is all the shit that they stole, all the raggedy clothes they're wearing, is stolen from them, so somebody else will wear, right? It's just crazy, right? But basically poor homeless people stealing poor homeless people's shit, you know, and uh so those are the victims. Is that moral? No, that's immoral because we can do something about that. Those people are so gooned out on drugs, they don't know what day it is. They don't know what time it is, you know? And so, you know, how are they going to help themselves? You know, they, they can't, you know? So it's a moral thing. And to be honest with you, I feel like everybody that lives out there, right, you're responsible. You know, and if you say, well, I didn't vote for this stuff, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a conservative, that's fine. Then you're still living with it. You're still putting up with it. You know, either push back and get the fuck out of Dodge. And you said something earlier about, well, some people can't do that. You're right. I talked to a lot of cops out there that told me they, they had to take the vaccine. They had no choice. It was lose their job, and, they, or, and, and then they can't feed their kids, you know, their family. And they didn't have to really have the money to just quit the job and go to another state or whatever and get another job. Right? That costs money, too. Closing down everything, man. Freaking, you know, getting out of your home. If, you know, if you have one, sell it. If you, you know, if you have one to sell if you can freaking sell it, you know, get the muster and the money together to move your furniture, you know, up, you know, uprooting your entire family wasn't necessarily the, the right choice either, it's, especially if you can't afford it. If you can afford it, that's one thing. Most of these guys can't afford it, you know? And so, yeah, they're stuck. They're stuck. Just take the vaccine or screw your family, which is going to be. A lot of these guys, these top time men, is like, man, you know, I'll do anything for my family. I don't have a choice. I'll take the hit. Like, man, you know? Um, you know, and, and these guys were, these guys were right on, you know, they knew what was going on. 
they were not all about what's going on out there. They were just, and I heard the stories from guys who've been out there on the force for 22, 28 years. And they told me how, you know, the changes that, that they've gone through and what's it turning into today. Um, basically, I'm not going to say cops don't care. They're just, they're just, you know, they can't do anything. They're powerless. And, uh, and they risk a lot of liability if they do anything, which is basically doing their job. Um, so it's a bad scene out there, but I have to ask you a question. Again, I think it's, uh, you know, they got what they voted for, period. And I believe, I believe people in San Francisco voted for what they got in there because um, they had the same mindset as those. That, just look, Newsom, all right, it's recalled and still passes it and still survives it, right? That tells you the majority of Californians are okay with being locked down, wearing a mask, put a mask on your kid, everybody taking a shot in your ass, right? And being told what to do, where you can go, when you can go there, you know? And, and somehow they think that's okay. You know what that is? That to me is just people that are lazy, that are not willing to do their own critical thinking. They're not, they don't give, they want somebody else to tell them what to do, what not to do, and how to live, right? Because they don't want to take, they don't want to do the extra effort to vet. You know what's going on. Vet the, you know, vet news and vet what's going on around. Me. You know, put, everybody's just like useless, man. I mean, most people are just, you know, puppets, and that's why the government, you know, is so easy to manipulate the population is because they know how gullible and naive these people are, and they're lazy, right? They won't defend themselves. They're easy. They're they really are sheep, you know. And unfortunately, uh, the the ones that are not, we're a small minority. You know, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be that small minority that's going to have to stand up and uh, do the heavy lifting, you know, that 3% again. You know, I think that's what it's going to take is 3% come come railing back and uh, and take this country back and basically save it for everybody else. Otherwise, we're, a, we're already in a bad place, but it's going to get much worse. Um, so I, I look at San Francisco and I just shake my head. My wife. We wanted to come out there. I'm going to come. I said, no. I said, look, I said, I don't even, it's not because I can't protect you. Because I can, I can protect you from all these parasites. They're all pussies. I said, it's not that. I said, I don't want you to see the city. Because I don't want you to go back in Indonesia with a, the wrong impression. Which actually is not even the wrong. It's the right impression now. But I don't want you telling Indonesia, you know, and anybody else over there. Because it's embarrassing as an American it's embarrassing. And the problem is, it's like people that are really obese, they look in the mirror and they see a thin, skinny person. So they put on all, all this tight clothes and spandex and, and dressing themselves up, not realizing that, you know, no, you really are massive, you know, and you probably shouldn't be wearing all that crap. It's the same here in San Francisco. They think, oh, it's a beautiful city. It's a great city. They, they, they're looking in the mirror, but it's an illusion, man, you know? And uh, no, it's not. It's a shithole. And it didn't, wasn't just coming from me. It's coming from tourists. It was coming from out of people from out of state. Everybody's just walking on what in the hell, you know? It's crazy. Out of control. It's and it makes you think about like the flight to Texas, right? The like the massive flight of of uh, people from California to Texas. That I mean, eventually, I mean, there's got to be some feedback mechanism. Eventually, enough people leave. Right. I mean, eventually, eventually the city rots out from under it to where like you can't avoid the truth anymore. Or is that is the ability that they can go to 49 other states? Does that rob does that rob them from ever learning anything? The fact that you can just pick up and leave and go somewhere else where it's good and then vote in the same bullshit policies. Do they never actually have to sort of see the consequences of their action? Do they see the city they're in and go, oh, it's utopia? It's like, no, it's not. There's homeless guys fucking each other and they're got shit all over themselves and they're pissing. You're going equality. And it's like, yeah, man, yeah, you're all equally miserable, right? There's there's a lot of equality in the concentration camps and the gulags. Hey, we all have the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, there is equality in that sense, you dumb motherfucker. But like can can it be done or or <laughs> Can, I mean, I, I feel like eventually someone could go in there and run. Or is there anything to do in those areas, or are they done? And do you have to go into some other state where things are still good and run on the platform of like, hey, you know, if I'm running in fucking wherever, New Hampshire, Maryland, 
and I go, hey, I've been to San, you know, I've, I just did security in San Francisco. That's coming here if we don't preemptively stop it. Is there any pushback to any of this that anyone can do? Or do we all just have to sit here with our dicks in our hands and go, well, you know, I guess we had a good run. I think, um, so, so looking back, right, I, I, I personally believe that the liberals in California just don't get it and they just don't care. They're kind of, they think they're living in utopia. Um, they go to bed every night think they're feeling good because, you know, people are riding electric bike, bikes and scooters, you know, and, and we're, they're saving the earth when, you know, they're not, you know, we're freaking using little black kids and little Indonesian kids that dig up all the academy and lithium to make those goddamn batteries, yeah. which by the way, there's a limited amount of that. Not everybody's going to get to have battery powered vehicles. And one day we're going to run out of that shit. And, get, um, and guess where all those rare earth minerals are? Afghanistan. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. And so they, they think they're living in utopia and they feel good every night, but they don't look at the real consequences. They never look be, really beyond, um, you know, the here and now. And so I think they're a lost cause. You know, I was, I was standing in the school and, and the, the greeter, so they have these greeters at the door and it's like, Hey, welcome. Come on in, you know, and they're all happy, go lucky and stuff. Right. And I remember this guy walks in and then he's uh, a Mexican guy and he spoke English and he goes, where's the Hispanic greeter at? And I'm like, cause I want to talk to your manager. So the guy calls the manager who happens to be Hispanic, he's Hispanic. And I, I could hear him and he's complaining to her that, you know, you don't have a Mexican, you don't have a Hispanic greeter here, you know, and why not? You know, and he's basically, and I'm like, well, probably for the same reason you don't have a Russian greeter, a German greeter, a Japanese greeter, a Chinese greeter, you know, this is America. And by the way, the guy's greeting is greeting you in English and you're speaking English. So, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. But the problem is what I sensed got from that was suddenly these people think that, you know, we're supposed to accommodate them. And they're not supposed to accommodate to us, right? When you come to America, there's rules there, right? You're supposed to be able to speak English. You're supposed to assimilate. There's, you know, there's things you're supposed to know, right? To be an American. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, forget about, you know, your culture, where you came from. But what it does mean is you assimilated to the American culture, okay? You speak English, okay? That's the, that's the language. And suddenly now we need Mexican greeters, People speaking Spanish, you know, um, this is where things are going sideways because, you know, somebody was saying to me one day, the reason, you know, the left likes so many foreigners coming in because foreigners tend to be more obedient because of the countries they come from, right? That's the truth. Yeah. Um, I've been there. I've been there all around the world, okay? And I have seen how governments treat their people, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I use, for example, Hong Kong. My, you know, my wife and I were there <clears throat> while I was dating her. I can remember the cops would just walk down the street, stop her, take her purse from her, open it up and look through her purse to see what's in there, give it back, and then literally step into an alley, pull out a cup and go pee in the cup. Who want piss test? Because you look like you're on drugs. Because she's actually pretty small, right? She's like 90 pounds, five foot, right? And so oh, you must be on meth or something. <laughs> so, you know, I mean... That's just one place of a minute I've been to. That's the kind of stuff that governments do to their people, and that's how they treat them, you know. And uh, so they are more obedient because they're, they are oppressed. Uh, even in these capitalist in Germany, for example, growing up in Germany, I remember my family we were at a store one day, and and uh, my uncle was looking around, and my aunt told him, "I'll leave that junk alone. Let's go." And the store owner heard that, goes, "It's not junk." And considered that, um, I forget the term they used, but it's a German term. But basically, um, what she, it was it was basically profane language, right? You you were insulting my business mm -hmm. and me by calling myself junk, okay? And they literally called the police. That was actually that was actually a criminal offense at the time. I don't know about today, but at the time it was right. And so it turned into a big shit show because my aunt called it what it was, junk, <laughs> and and so. That, you know, that, I mean, we can talk about this all day long. And uh, so we've, we've come into, we're creating a country. The left is creating a country that looks, is going to just look like that, right? <clears throat> and uh, 
And so to answer your question, no, I don't think you could save San Francisco, especially with the conservatives coming in. It'll never happen because the left has so lost their minds over this shit. They think conservatives and people that, you know, believe in morality and ethics and, and, and laws and doing the right thing are somehow, they keep calling us fascists when actually they're the fascists. You're a fascist if you leave a man sleeping on the street in urine and shit with no shoes on in the rain and you're letting other homeless people steal the shit from them, you know? When, you're the fascist, when, you know? When the White House is working with big tech and big pharma to suppress any alternative <coughs> treatments to COVID and instead funnel everyone into only taking a vaccine that's profitable for four corporations and then governments using mandates to make the uh, the people do it. And when the people talk out about it, the White House works with big tech to have them suppress all discussion. That is a marriage of government and corporate uh, corporate America. And that Absolutely, has a word. And I think it's fascism. But it doesn't matter because nothing matters, right? It's kind of like... Uh, it's, was it was it uh, was it Okinawa or Iwo Jima right after they had pretty much lost like the remaining soldiers? You know, some of them would they'd either commit suicide with the sword or they'd hold the grenade to their chest, and some just jumped off cliffs. But at a certain point, it's like you can't even say like, "Hey, we just killed all the Imperial Japanese. Like you're free now." It's some people would just believe it to the total end, whether they kill themselves because they're like, "Oh, the American captors," right? It's a uh, it's uh, it was it Bormon or Goebbels or whoever the fuck, and and I don't remember. And the wife Magda in the Führer bunker gave the six kids cyanide when they were sleeping, and then had mm. SS officers shoot them. Right, Hitler and Eva taking cyanide and popping themselves. Like, oh, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, dude, you're not saving it. Like, you're not saving it. They will fight you to the death. Right, it's trying to liberate a hostage who's in a psychological Stockholm syndrome. They don't want to be. They don't think there is liberation. They think you're the captor. At a certain go. point, you just have to look at San Fran and go, you know what? I'm going to go back home to you in Florida or to me. I'm from New Hampshire. You go back home and you go, I'm I'm just going to do what I can and make sure that doesn't come here, right? You see like a, you know, you, you, you see a, a friend drinking themselves to death or doing something. You try to talk them out of it and they get mad at you. Eventually, you just go, you know what? I just got to be the best person I can be. I just got to raise my kids right. I got to take care of my home. I have to be the change I want to see. Maybe you're not saving those places, right? It's That might be it. You just have to choose the place you love already and go, I'm just going to make sure that this place doesn't fall into that. And to anyone here that starts talking about, well, maybe we should just be like, hey, that already exists and that." There it is, right over there. That's San Francisco. That that that's where it is. So one, you don't need to vote it in here because it already exists. Just go there. And two, that's where it goes. That's the end stage. And you're not bringing that to my home because now you're directly threatening me. Now you're making it. Now you're talking about policies that will, in years or decades, lead to my kids seeing two homeless guys giving each other a reach around at a stop sign. Like, no, you're not bringing that here. Can't, so if those places can't be saved, is there anything other to do than to just choose the place that you love and <clears> to <throat> keep it from devolving to that spot? Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think that's the best thing to do. I think you're right, though. Eventually, California will implode. Um, yeah. I think people will eventually, when they're affected personally, um, when their finances are you know affected, when their freedom is affected, when their safety is affected. Um, all those things, they're going to go, okay, this is not what I want. This, this ain't working out. But by that time, the damage is, is done. <clears throat> I think what needs to happen is is all these other places where people are still saying we still have, you know, the rule of law, um, you know, i.e. Florida, um, Texas, you know, states like that, that needs to be bolstered and protected. Yeah. Um, you know, here in Panama City Beach, I'm starting to see a lot of California license plates and New York license plates. I just hope those are all conservatives that came down here and not a bunch of liberals going, ah, our place sucks. This looks like a cool place. Let's go live here and bring the liberal bullshit here before you know it. We're, we look just like New York and California. Uh, now, they've got a ways to go to do that. And I'll tell you right now, you know, if I ever run for some type of a government office, first of all, I'm not a politician. Um, so I will be a politician. I probably won't make a good politician because I'm not a good politician. But what I will do is go in 
uh, you know, as me and put my foot down on a lot of this bullshit and call it the way I see it and just stop it in his tracks. Yeah. Um, you know, if I was a San Francisco mayor, uh, first of all, I would get rid of this vaccine bullshit, get my cup back, all right, give them the bonuses and, and, the, and the money they should they deserve because they're putting up with a pretty shitty job. Uh, I would turn that whole thing around, you know, you're, you break the law, you're going to jail. Well, you don't have enough jail, we'll build more jail. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right? Then we'll just have to build more jails, put more people in them. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, if the population grows, then the crime's going to grow. That means the jails need to grow, right? To say, well, we're over, you know, we got too many jails and they're all full. We got to come up with a better idea like what? Let everybody off the hook? Just let everybody steal and fuck each other over? That's, a, that's, that's your idea of, you know, of, of law and order? I don't no. think so. You know, so, um, you know, look, I, nobody wants to be accountable, right? Everybody, <clears throat> there's a term, it's called, called anthropomorphism, right? And I, I relate it to canines, I'm saying my canines, right? So, you know, people, and by the way, that's another thing. So in San Francisco, everybody had a little damn dog, right? Everybody had one, everybody. I don't care who you were, man. Uh, and, and they, and they, you know, they would dress them up in all these little cute little, you know, dresses and shirts and chests. I mean, it was pathetic, right? And, and I'm looking at these dolls, and they're, they're breathing like crazy. They're hotter than hell, and they're wearing fucking ski parkas and shit because it looks cute. And I'm like, you know, so it's anthropomorphism is when we as human beings relate our feelings, our desires, our wants to an animal, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, just because I think a spicy bean burrito is good, doesn't mean it's good for my dog, right? Yeah. Pretty good way to fuck up his immune system, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, but, you know, just because I need a, a parka because it's cold outside doesn't mean my dog that's got a cooler temperature of 102 needs it, okay? Uh, this dog is adapted for cold weather, okay? Um, and so it's just stuff like that. I saw a lot of that out there, just anthropomorphism. And so, you know, with these dogs, it was the funniest shit. I was like, you know, are you kidding me? Their dogs are in baby carriages, you know. Um, you know, you know, gay guys walk around. They got little poofy dresses on their freaking pit bulls, you know, with no balls. And now they're standing with them, you know. It's just, just the craziest shit I've ever seen. But what happens is people tend to go, oh, I wouldn't want that to happen to me, so I don't want that to happen to him, you know. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be locked up in jail. I, if I stole something, I want the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to be punished. So why punish him? Right? It's, it's, so, again, I'm going to use uh, another philosopher. It was uh, Jeremy Bentham, right? He turned the point of term, hedonistic utilitarianism. Essentially, what he was saying was humans, we tend to pursue pleasure and avoid pain. That's our MO, right? We always go for the pleasurable, fun, easy shit. We don't want to do the hard shit, right? The painful shit. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and that is why 98% of the population never self-fulfills themselves. At the end of their life, they look back and go, fuck, I wish I did this, I wish I would have done that, I wish I would have done that, right? They, they avoided the hard stuff, and then they're mad at those two percenters that create their own empires, that are successful, that are wealthy, that live the life that these guys wish they had. And they go, well, somehow this guy was entitled, you know, somehow, he, you know, he got stuff free, somebody gave him something. He stepped all over everybody else to get it right. Rather than just fessing up and going, no, you know what? You're one of 98 percenters because you just didn't put the effort into it like that guy did. All right. So that's part of the human condition. Um, and that's why it works for politics. You know, the politicians know that. That's why they pit everybody together. And that's why they always make rich, successful people the evil ones. Mm -hmm. Right? The evil ones. They're not paying their fair share of taxes. Well, let me ask, let's just fair share of taxes for a second. I'll tell you what I think is fair. You pay $5, I pay $5, wife pays $5, billionaire pays $5, the poor guy pays $5. Everybody pays five fucking dollars. That's pretty fair. Everybody's paying the same, right? Why is the guy that's rich but built an empire, suddenly he's got to pay more taxes. He's going to get punished for being successful, you know, and for feeding other people and giving them jobs, you know? And somehow they got his brainwashed into thinking that's fair. That's not fair. Fair is only offered in an equal share. Okay, they want us to all put in a proportional amount based on what we have. Uh, but this goes back to, again, what I said a minute ago, anthropomorphism, right? We, we always make excuses for the way we want to treat other people 
right? Rather than making those other people responsible, accountable for their behavior and their actions, right? We want to absolve them of that stuff. It's not their fault. Like these homeless people. I could argue you're homeless because you made bad choices. You're, you're homeless because whether you started on drugs or you started using drugs later, you're homeless because you made a bad choice. If you're using drugs, you made two bad choices. If you're stealing to support your drug problem, which is keeping you on the street, you're making more bad choices. So ultimately, you are responsible and you're accountable. Does that mean we don't help you? No, we can help you. That's what a society does. Mm-hmm. I'll help you with whatever. We'll try to get you some rehab. We'll try to clean you up. And then we have some programs out there like that. For example, mm-hmm. as I understand it, these guys get they, they get an $845 stipend on a debit card every month, right? They actually have a place where they can go to sleep and take a shower. These homeless people. So they actually give money, taxpayers' money, right? A place to sleep and dress and change clothes. But they go out, they spend their money, but usually buying more shit, selling for drugs, and just selling, getting money for drugs, right? And it just becomes this this perpetual cycle, right? It, they end up with nothing anyways, and they don't care about taking a shower because they're so goddamn goofy, you know, from all the drugs, that going to get a shower and, and get a hot meal and, and chilling out in a fucking warm place doesn't cross their mind, you know, because it's always the hustle that counts. Right? I got to get out there, I got to find something else, I got to find more drugs. Truth be told, $845, you know, ain't going to go very far, especially in San Francisco and that economy where, oh, by the way, a gallon of gas is up to $8 in that, in that area. A gallon? Yeah. Um, but uh, there's things you can do, right? And, then, you know, maybe one of those things you do is you get caught stealing, you broke the law, you're going to jail, you know? Um, now I've got a nice warm jail for you. Get some food there. you got a nice warm bed to sleep in. You can think about, you know, the errors in your ways, you know? Um, or maybe they'll put you in a rehab center. Some of these people are so crazy, you can't be reached anymore, man. They're literally, you, you're never going to turn around. I've never seen crazy like that. Um, and these were people that weren't even on drugs. It's just crazy. Everybody's walking out the street babbling and screaming and hollering and cussing people out or cussing some invisible guy out next to them. It's like, it's scary, man. I mean, everything smells like urine. Everything smells like urine. The streets outside, everything smells like urine. You know, shit everywhere, urine everywhere. You know, hypodermic needles everywhere. Anyways, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how I would do it. Um, you know, it's tough love, man. At the end of the day, you know, I love you, brother, and therefore I'm going to do, I'm going to be tough on you. That's the only way I'm going to save your ass because, yeah. listen, being nice to you, giving you money every month, a place to shower, ain't going to do nothing for you, especially if you're a crazy man now because of all the drugs you've been taking and the life that you've been living, you know? The moral thing, dude, is to help you. And sometimes the moral thing to do for people is to hold them accountable and responsible, you know, and make them responsible. You know, if that means punishing them, well, that's what that means. Um, we, we, we've just lost our freaking, we have lost our way, man, as a country for the most part. But, um, yeah. Um, uh, my wife, if I get the, get the opportunity, it's going to be different. You know, right? I'm looking out for everybody, not just, I'm not going to look out for just the, the, the squeaky wheel, all right? Yeah. You know, you just get the grease. All right? I'm going to check the ball bearings and all the wheels, you know, the drivetrain. I'm going to check everything's going to get it to get attention, not just the squeaky wheel, yeah. you know? So, um, you got to look at it from a holistic, uh, a holistic approach, you know, the, the entire society, you cannot, even this COVID thing, you know, I keep hearing all this crap about, you know, you know, what we have done really is we have literally put millions of businesses out of, you know, you know, out of business. We have, you know, we've, millions of people have lost their jobs. Um, people have committed suicide, more domestic violence, more alcoholism, right? We have placed the masses to save the minority of the few, yeah. right? And, and, and triage. In a medical community, you never do that. You do the most good for the many, not the most good for the few, right? That's why they have stages and triage, right? There's when you do it, if you talk about mass mass casualty scene, all right, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna tend to the guy that's the worst off is probably not gonna survive? Or you go and try to take care of the ones that are maybe they're bad off but they have a high rate of survivability if you get come long enough. Right? Or are you going to go to the guy who's just got an alley? Okay, okay, Mr. Alley, you can self-medicate. You can take, here's some badges for handling. 
I'm gonna take care of these ones that have a high chance of survivability if I can get two of the tie. The guy over there, you know, they're missing two arms and two legs, his chest is hanging out, but his chest is still going up and down. You're probably not gonna make it, and therefore I'm not gonna waste all my bandages and time on you and sacrifice three other people over here that could actually survive. Right? That's how it works. What we have done, what we have done as a society, we went after the guy with no legs, no arms, and chest is hanging out, barely breathing. And we're letting all these other people die, right? They could have been saved. That's what we have done. And nobody gets that because they've reduced this whole phenomenon down to the most um, elementary, you know, piece of this thing where it's like, you know, oh my God, we can't let that person die. They don't have any arms and legs. They're testing hanging out. That's so, you know, oh my God, you know, it must be painful. And But what about these other three guys? Just, you know, just because they don't look as bad as that guy doesn't mean they'll die, they'll not live. I mean, live, you know, if we don't take care of them. So, you know, this is the problem with this, this whole social justice warrior bullshit. And uh, this is what the concept, you know, what happens in, if you stay in San Francisco, what I saw is a consequence of that. You know, we focused on, you know, the minor, the, the, the few rather than the majority. Instead of looking out for the welfare of the masses, focusing on, you know, the few of the, you know, the dregs of society. And we're putting all our money and effort in hand, which is actually affecting the majority. People are leaving the city, stores are closing down, people are losing their jobs. Makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's all for naught, though. I think if someone like you can look at it, and see how fucked it is and you can you can then come back home to let's say you run for something or i run for something you can now base what you're talking you know instead of just pearl clenching pearl clutching and like if we vote in these policies there's gonna be homeless people on the streets and it's like yeah all right dude fucking chill out versus like hey man I literally just did security there for two weeks, and this is what's coming here if we don't wake the fuck up and pull our heads out of our asses now. So I don't think it's all for nothing. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not all for nothing. Like it can. It's not. It's not. It's the ground truth, right? Yes. And so that that's where politicians fail. Most of them don't have the ground truth. They've been spending their whole life as a politician. They're they're always flying a desk in some office somewhere, right? And they're completely out of touch with reality. That's the problem with Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been in office for 40-something years. This guy don't know jack shit about America, about, about American culture, about American people. Okay, he just don't, zero. He has no idea what's really going on out here other than what he's being spoon-fed. Like most of these politicians, okay, they just say what they think people want to hear them say, right? And they want to go, oh, who's, who's the majority that's listening? And what do they like? Oh, they like CRT? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll parrot that all day long, right? Like this Virginia Governor McCullough, right? This asshole. Um, you know, and so, you know, that's what politicians, these are politicians. I don't like politicians. I am not going to be a politician, okay? I'm not. Just like Trump. Trump wasn't a politician. Yeah. That's why I like Trump. I love Trump because he colored the way he started. He actually said what I was thinking. Yeah, that's right. You know what? And that's how it should be. If more people were honest and transparent like that, um, I think the world would be a better place. We try to sugarcoat everything, you know, everything. Because everything is, you know, it's not PC to say this, not PC to say that. Like, what was that race car driver? Got in a crash on the track, and he called the other driver a retard. You know, they got him going through sensitivity training now? NASCAR does? Because he called the other guy a retard? Like, what? What? What does that mean? You know, retard. Retard means a lot of things, okay? If you look at the definition, it's not just, a retard is a, a person that's mentally, you know, incapacitated. A retard means to, you know, for example, to retard a fire yeah. is to slow it down, to yeah. back it up. Yeah. Okay, it has many connotations, right? But suddenly, this guy needs sensitive, sensitivity training. I'd be like, "Fuck you!" There's my sensitivity Man. training. I'm a fucking American. Say what the fuck I want. If I were you that, know, free if, speech. I, if I were that guy, I would have been like, "Dude, we wear helmets for a living. Like we're all retarded." <laughs> <laughs> and we drive really fast. Right? We, dri- <laughs> we drive fast cars. We're made of bright colors. Like we're all retarded, and we win. We drink milk. I mean, come on. Like let's let's call it what it is, right? It's. It, yeah. no, it is fucking. I mean, a seven forty seven. When you're coming into the runway, what does the autopilot voice say? Retard. Know, retard. Right? Slow down. Retard. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Fire retard. Right. Right here. There you go. Right. And then right. sometimes you just act like a retard. 
And that's just what it is. You can call it whatever you want, retard, dumbass yeah. shit. You, it's still retard, whether you call it a terrorist. If I, if I called you, if I called you crazy, is that different than calling you a retard? No. Man, you're crazy. Oh my God, you insulted me. You called me crazy. Oops, you're saying that's not, that's not fair to the that's not fair, fair to the crazy people. You're just gonna come up with Are a you? new word. You can keep banning every word, and I'm gonna call you all yeah. of them until we come full circle. Exactly, man. I mean, you know, just like you know, you know, let's go, Brandon. You know. Oh, it's not nice to say "fuck you, Biden." Let's go, Brandon. Now they're mad because we're saying "let's go, Brandon," right? If the airline pilots in South Carolina they're losing their shit, yeah. he said "let's go, Brandon." Yeah, that's all he said. He didn't say "fuck they're, you, Biden." He said, "let's go, Brandon." They lost their shit, right? Because but now they never did that for Trump, right? When they called Trump all kinds of names, they hung up his little red-headed effigy, and yeah, you know, when Kathy and Griffin held things. that severed head, everyone said yeah. "yast queen." Yeah, nobody complained about that, but now because it's their guy. You know, they're all mad because they're emotional freaking, you know, they're, they're emotional parasites, man. They're crazy, you know. And, and so, it's, you know, this just got to stop, man. People need to toughen up, have thicker skin, you know, and be a little bit more, use a little bit more critical thinking and and get off this emotional roller coaster ride to try to get us online. I'm not yeah, getting on it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not getting on your ride, man. You know, I, I think that someone like you, or one day, not not now, because I want to do the podcast for a while, but one day someone like myself or anyone, you know, we often look at, you know, the people that should run for office are people who don't want to. Because anyone in their right mind doesn't want to, right? When you see like an Elon Musk, and you're like, that guy should run for office. That guy's smart enough to know that he can enact more change as a private individual, right? Elon just hitting $300 billion net worth, right? But you look at something I mean, like, uh, the guy I've interviewed several times now, Joe Kent in, in Washington State's 3rd Congressional District, right? He was, uh, I don't know whether or not he was in the same unit you were in. I know he was an OG. I know he's Special Forces, served 20 years in the military. His wife, kind of the same uh, uh, unit, KIA in Syria in 2019. So now it's him mm-hmm. raising two kids on his own. And this guy's a patriot through and through. And you know, he's now running for office and you talk to him and the guy's like, dude, this is the last fucking thing I want. I mean, it's like you, Dale. I mean, he's got the tats up to sleep. You can, this guy's special forces and you're looking and you're, and you're like, you know, you're talking to Joe and you're like, I believe you, man. He's like, I don't want to do, I don't want to put on the little pin and go do it. But he's like, at a certain point when no one else will, you got to go. All right. I'll, I mean, Mike Durant, right? The Black Hawk down pilot. He's now running for Senate. Uh, he's running as a Senator for Alabama. He hasn't wanted. I've had him on here twice, and I've even fucked with him before. I was like, you know, Mike Durant for president, and he's like, oh god, no. But eventually, <clears throat> these guys look at it, and it's like, hey man, it's not that they're running for it and becoming the thing they hate. It's eventually, you go, no one else is doing it. You know, no one. Joe Rogan never interviewed Dr. Robert Malone, inventor of the mRNA vaccine. No one was ever talking about all these doctors who are saying they're suppressing ivermectin. So I was like, god damn it. So I started interviewing them. And I got banned from YouTube, and it fucking sucks. And I lost 99% of my... You know how much I pour my heart and soul into this. You were on here episode 50. You've seen the grind yeah. I put into this. It wasn't easy getting kicked. I didn't want to be that martyr that talked about COVID and got banned. Like, I'd much rather just be having stupid conversations. But eventually, you hit a point where you go, no one else is doing it. Well, fine. Fuck, I'll do it. And that's what Joe Ken said. He's like, I can't... You know, when my kids grow up one day and they see the shithole that they live in, I can't go, hey, sorry, I didn't do anything. I was busy. He doesn't He doesn't want to. Mike Durant, Mike, Mike Durant owns his own defense contracting, Pinnacle Solutions. They build like Blackhawks. He, he's rolling in money. He doesn't want to fucking leave that. for Because as soon as you run for office, you're going to be slandered. You're going to, 10 women are going to come out and be like, he raped me yesterday. And you're like, who the fuck are you? Like, you know, and it's, you're not even my type. But, the, but I'm not a rapist either. But you're also not my type, you dumb fat bitch. But like. All this stuff happens, right? I mean, Trump left a a gilded penthouse and it's like, yeah, man, you go from this media darling to Satan. Eventually, though, I think and I think we're going to see it with with more military men is because it's in y'all's training to to not look at everyone else and go, why isn't this getting done? It's unlike the the liberal mindset in San Francisco of everyone else should clean this up. It's in men like you, like Durant, like Joe Kent, that they go. Y'all have been trained and ingrained to take the bull by the horns and go, if no one else is doing it, I'll lead. If the leader's down, I'll man. And if I go down, you're it. Like, 
you just look at it and go, let's get it done. Let's stop saying about how things, let's stop saying how things should be and what we should all be doing, right? It's like when you see, you know, trash on the sidewalk, you know, like this is just, and you just go, fuck it. And you just start picking it up and throwing it. Just get it done and people will follow. But sometimes you just have to do it. And it's, yeah, there's just a whole connotation to running to office of like, I'm going to do this. You know, you know, it's, no, it's, I mean, they're the slipperiest of the fucking just, just de- insectoid demon fucking parasites are what politicians are. But it also does get to a point when you have to look at what's happening to the country and you have to go, fuck all. I mean, Durant got on, started running and he was literally on an interview and someone was like, you know, what do you think about the vaccine mandates? Cause he's got a huge company that does like hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars mm-hmm. of business for uncle Sam. And he goes right on the radio and he's a very like quiet, well-composed guy. And he goes, you're going to have to put a gun in my head before I enforce these band-aids. I was like, Mike fucking Durant, baby. Like, but that's, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing guys go, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Fine. I'll, I'll I'll do it. And I think we're going to see it. And as I always, you know, I always harass you and tell you to do it, but I think we will see it more as the situation calls for it. As we realize, Hey man, no one's coming. There's no backup. So we either make this place better you know, the guys in 1776, they were like, man, someone should do a revolution. No, those guys nutted up, fucking took a shot of whiskey and were like, let's do this shit. Must get some powdered wigs. Let's go. Like, you know, and it worked. It fucking worked. Right. You know, but they didn't rely on anyone. And a, a lot of them fucking did, right. George Washington didn't run for president. He was selected. There's a perfect example of like, not, yeah, the people who should be in power probably don't want it. And that's exactly why they should be. So. Yeah. I'm going to eventually get you to run for something one day. I'll, I'll convince you eventually. And, um, but for now, Mr. Dale Comstock, let's wrap this shit up. Dale Comstock, author of American Badass. I'll put that in the description. Also check out his Instagram and check out his personal coaching. And Dale and I have done a million of these episodes. So just scroll on back and find any of them. They're all fucking fantastic. And, uh, until next time, my man, take care. Right, Dale. Peace. Yep. God bless America. Stay Recording safe. everybody. Stopped. Peace.